Hey everybody, it's your head bachelor in charge, Josh. And before we get into today's episode, I just had to shoot a massive thank you to everybody who's been a part of the Not So Bad family for the past year. As you know, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the show. Can you believe it? A whole year of the Not So Bad Bachelor pad. Still blows my mind. It feels like just yesterday we were getting started with episode one, Attraction. Um, like I said, I know we've been off for a couple weeks, but we're back. We took some time off. We got our head straight. We found some top-notch guests and a couple other surprises that are unfolding throughout the rest of the year. Um, but like I said, we just had to come and say thank you to everybody in the Not-So-Bad family. And here's to another year and many more of the Not-So-Bad Bachelor Pad. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today is a hopefully a soon to be dear friend of mine. Sue, Sue, is it Priver? Is that how you say it? It's Priver, like Priver. River. Okay, uh, Sue Priver. Um, Sue, I'm going to let you even like just talk about yourself and give your title because I don't think anybody's going to believe it if I say it myself. Hi, so I thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. So my name is Sue Priver. I am a world record holding power lifter and also an ecstasy expert. Now, I couldn't, I couldn't, I like, I, when I saw this guys, I had to, like, I immediately, I, I, I forgot why I even got on, like I was on Facebook. I forgot why I even got on Facebook. And I met, immediately messaged her and I was like, hey, Sue, I want you on my show, like, immediately. Will you come on? And she said yes. And we, like, worked out time dates, a.k.a. what you're listening to right now. And so I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited uh, to experience some ecstasy. I'm excited. Um, but before we get too far ahead of myself and I, like, completely fanboy out, can you tell me more about what is an ecstasy expert, so to speak. Sure. So for me, it's, I believe that sex is a secret weapon for transformation. So a lot of people don't let, you know, growth is hard. It's challenging. It's not much fun. It causes lots of problems and chaos and everything. And I'm someone who seeks growth, who seeks learning. And why not have fun with it? And through my journey, discovered that sexual exploration for me brought a lot of fun, a lot of playfulness, a lot of joy, a lot of challenges too, and some some interesting moments. Um, And that it brought transformation to my entire life. So anything that shows up in your sex life as a problem is usually showing up elsewhere in your life too different ways and stages and you know it presents itself differently but if you resolve it in your sex life usually it's in the bedroom but i don't want to limit it to Listen, that we enjoy being adventurous here so yeah that's why like i'm not saying in the bedroom here because sex doesn't have to be in the bedroom it can be it's not fun there but it is it's not limited by there And that's one of the other things that I've discovered about myself is that I'm a limitations expert. So it's someone who can really identify what are real limits and let them be natural boundaries. Like I'm 5'4", I am not going to be a professional basketball player. That's a limitation that I have. I'm also 45 years old, so that's not a career path that would make sense for me to embark on at this stage in my life. And I'm okay with that. I accept that. That's a natural boundary and it works for me. Then we have limits that we have chosen. Things that line up with our ethics, our morals, our passions, and we've decided that that's important to us. And 100% all in, awesome. They're choices. Then we have this other thing that really trips us up most of the time are these subconscious beliefs that limit us that we don't even know are there. We just assume everybody thinks this way because we've always thought that way. Right. And that's the realm 
that I dig into both for myself and with my clients. And they get to choose, do I want to keep this belief, which is a choice, or do I want to let it go and change my, most of them are mental, you know, subconscious beliefs. Sometimes there are feelings like guilt and shame and fear and judgment around things that don't surface any longer. That when they started, they were helpful and they kept us alive mm-hmm. and you know, we needed and they're they're just not working for us anymore. And just so much of that is so true. Um, we've we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with um, one of my guests, uh, Annie Henderson. Um, we we talked about the difference between setting boundaries and um, erecting walls in our lives emotionally. And so often we don't distinguish the two, and so we think we're forming healthy habits when in all reality, um, like I said, we're setting those walls up. Also, I just love the fact that you were, this is so sex positive. Uh, and the, so often in society, we are told that sex is, it's restricted and it only belongs in the bedroom between like a married couple. But like you said, how you operate within your sex life does translate through different parts in your, of your other lives whether that's just personal or professional. Um, I like to say life is one big chemical reaction. So you can't really get from A to C without involving B, you know, and in this case, B could stand for bedroom or bathroom or bar stool, um, wherever you feel the urge. Uh, if it fits within what you desire and what who, whomever you're playing with desires, who am I to say that it's not okay? Uh, no, but, um, so how did you even get into this space, um, so to speak? Yeah, sure. So it's a little bit to do with my personal health history. So I started puberty, uh, experiencing endometriosis and that for me involved among other things, excruciatingly painful periods. And so wound up, um, on hormones and then on different hormones and finally on hormones so that my period stopped. And what I didn't know at the time was I also, as a symptom, had excruciatingly painful sex. So with my college boyfriend, we were both virgins, had our first sexual experiences together, and we stopped because we were in love and he's a completely compassionate guy and he's like, I can't do this to you. And I agreed. And so we continued going back to all the other pleasurable things we did together and just avoided actual, you know, penis in vagina sex. Right. And, um, and then we broke up, you know, just natural course of that relationship. And for the next couple decades, I literally avoided sex. Um, and also being on that medicine, my sex drive was completely destroyed as well as a bunch of other hormones that I had. So fast forward to age 37, I, uh, went down the depression rabbit hole again and I was like, no, this is not happening. I really am not happy in my life right now. What can I control? And I was like, you know what? It's been a long enough time. Let me see if I can work on some of my chronic health issues and gain a little control, see if I can make my standard of living life every day better. So went on a journey, found powerlifting in that journey and worked on healing my body. And so a few years later, uh, once the hormones were balanced, got off the hormone, you know, within the body, got off the medicine, got my period back, totally healthy, everything's cool. Then started additionally continuing to work on uh, pelvic floor and all the other elements involved in my painful sex causation. There are all different reasons for it, different people. And then fall of 2017, uh, set up a sex date with a guy. He didn't know this first, you know, yeah. in the fact that he was like the test case. It's like, can I have sex and be pain free? That's had an amazing day with him. And I'll just say this in general, reflecting back from my experiences since then, 
we had a really good, solid, pleasurable day. Not amazing in the sexual experience itself, but amazing because I then knew I could move forward with what I would consider a normal sexual relationship and abilities and not be stopped by by excruciating pain. Right. Um, and so then um, life continued and I dated and I found men and different things and different things and didn't really have any deep dive into sexual experiences. And then I was like, you know what? I am committed to finding my long-term partner. And my sexual pleasure is very important to me. So I wanna know what I like and experiment with that before finding him. Because I would be heartbroken if I met this amazing man who I'm intended to be with long-term and I experiment with him sexually and we wind up incompatible. I would break up with him because it's so important to me to have sexual pleasure. And so I hopped on Tinder and for about seven, eight months, it was my time of many men. Almost everybody was a one-time encounter and um, just tried all different things. I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting. Do I like it? Listen. And just went all in. And I was like, okay, I did my research. I figured this out. Then the pandemic hit. And then I uh, kind of well, freak out by myself yeah. in my house, not seeing anybody. You know, a lot of, lot of texting and a lot of other things, but no, like, physical interaction. Okay. Then I uh, actually wound up uh, meeting somebody online who lives uh, 1,500 miles away. And uh, I hopped on a plane, and I met him. Spent 10 days with him. And we wound up in a five-month long-distance relationship. And I went back down for another three weeks, and then he came up for another two weeks. And uh, really did some deep dives into our relationship, our communication, things around sex, like everything with him in a, in a very deep way. And then we uh, broke up at Thanksgiving. And then I did another round of exploration and decided, you know, what am I specifically seeking? Right. And one of those things is what is amazing sex for me? And if the guy that I am with does not have potential for that, I am not seeing him again as a play partner. I just, it's I have not to say, that the first time has to be amazing. Right. It's is there potential for amazingness? Listen, I don't think I've had a guest on the show who has resonated with me more than you have today. Like, so, like almost everything you've talked about, I've brought up multiple times throughout um, our almost year long history here on the show um, from get out there and explore. Like you, how is somebody else going to know what you're into? If you don't know what you're into, I would never sign up for a lifetime of bad sex. Like, yeah. So I, I, I'm pro sex before marriage. I'm sorry to anybody who's out there who's like super religious, but like, like you said, I was like, think about it. If we are committing forever, like it stemmed from, I was with somebody who like said, they just, they don't perform oral sex. And I thought like, could I go, I was like, sure. I could go probably a year or two, whatever, but can I go 10 plus years without receiving oral? I was like, I don't think I could. And I was like, I don't think we could work out. I was like, some people thought that petty reason to break up, but no, I don't think so. I mean, if that person were willing to change right. and try and mm -hmm. see, that's one thing. But if that is definitely their boundary and their limit and they're like, it's not something I do, I agree with you. If it's, if it's something that you find pleasurable and would miss and then potentially start resenting being in that relationship, absolutely. Right. I mean, for me, it's bigger. I mean, some bigger things that yeah. I'm... I'm probably not going to be in a fully monogamous relationship. Um, and that's for me to decide and to deem that important that in the long-term partners I seek, that has to be a potential. 
And I, like I said, I completely understand that. And I've talked about that several times. I've lived that um, a time or two as well. Um, like I said, there's just so much I feel like people aren't aware of that. I don't like to tell people that they're not happy or not living their fullest life because it's like, who am I to say that? You know, it's your life. But I was like, there's so much out there that people are afraid to explore or just don't explore to really know. Like um, my friends or people I went to school with who got married right out of high school. I was like, that's not my life. That's not my truth. Because I was like, I can't really say I'm happy or that like, this is what I wanted because you didn't explore any, like I had, like you really didn't explore the greater world out there, but um, time will tell how that pans out for both of us. Um, like I said, too, I'm just, we're 20 minutes into this conversation. And like I said, I'm already ready to have you over for a beer, glass of wine, whatever your, your poison is. Um, because this is a conversation that I love to have. Uh, there's nothing better and there's nothing that deepens a connection between mind-blowing sex. Um, say what you will, but when your body and somebody else's body climax, sometimes maybe not together or back to back, but when you're in that like heated stage, it, it could really make or break your relationship. You know, it could take it to the next level. Or like you said, you could find out that it's just not compatible and let you know, Hey, it's time to move along. Definitely. And I was reading this book called ecstasy is essential. Mm by Barbara Corellis and what she was describing is an embodied ecstatic state is flow state and that sex is one way to get into flow state and so when you talk about being in the flow in sports in creativity in problem solving in business um as an artist, you know, if you're a musician, if you're, you know, a painter, you get in the zone and you get into flow state. And that is a specific way of being in that moment. And for some, when you're lucky, it's many moments in a row. And I believe that that is how we're intended to live. And that sex is one vehicle to get there. And when you experience that, that is flow state in a collective. Mm -hmm. So it's with someone else. Right. And that bonds you together and really connects you in a deeper way than almost anything else. There are definitely other experiences you can have, but these are moments in time that really are co deeply connected. And... Like, like I said, um, talking about being in the flow, um, so like I said, sometimes you're in the zone when you're by yourself, too. Um, like, if anybody out there is, like, an avid runner, like, running is pretty much a solitary sport. Like, sure, it can be done on teams, but it just comes down to you in the track, you in the street, you in wherever you're going. Same with um, sometimes sailing or swimming. Um, and that's no different, like you said, in your sex life. Um, I think it's funny um, that we're also doing this episode this month, uh, the month of May, Masturbation Month. How did I miss that? And it's already the end of the month. What? Masturbation May? Oh, yeah, every day. Like, Dang. Yeah. Even, even outside of May, people, take time every day or at least regularly to check in with yourself and try something new to see if you can enhance your pleasure. Uh, the ants who are telling you, we don't consign ourselves to subpar sex. It's not what I'm in for. And I will add that solo and partnered. 100%. Like, you deserve to give yourself amazing pleasure, With, not just some quick release. This is so true. Um, oh, there's so much I could go into like on this right now. And why the hell not? Let's just get into it. Um, I feel like a lot of the times with men, especially, um, we don't take the time and really 
like masturbation for us isn't i'm gonna say pleasurable i was like sure yeah like there's ejaculate and like whatever like that feels good for a little bit but i feel like we're not really like taught or like we don't really have a process to experience like actual pleasure during this time um it's usually like just like it's like you turn on some porn, you just churn one out, and then you go about your day or like you take a nap. But um, another sex as- expert that I, I, I subscribe to, she likes to say, Tate, masturbate and create. And I like that has helped me so much because like, your sexual self is pretty much life energy. It's the energy that you are using to cre- create life, you know, when you're with a partner. And so for me, when I am by myself or even when I'm with a partner, I don't like to, I can't sleep right after. Uh, I feel like that's just a waste of it. I feel like that should be something like I said, it creates a bond and then like it fuels, it propels you forward. So afterwards, like after sex, I like, I like to get up and do something with my partner, just dance a little bit clean, like, like in-depth conversation, you know, just something to keep my body stimulated just because like I said, it just, it feels better. So, One thing that's coming to mind that is just great how you just cute this whole thing up is everybody has masculine energy in them and has feminine energy in them. doesn't matter if you're in a man body, a woman body, a non-binary body, whatever body you have, you have some combination of the two. And not all women have the same amount of feminine energy and masculine energy. It's all different ratios, all different reasons. Everybody has both. And what you're describing is feminine energy. So feminine energy is all about creation and artistry and being and this conception and the initiation of things. Masculine energy is all about drive and task-oriented and results-oriented. And it's the action piece. And in a healthy person, you have a good blend of both of them based on who you are naturally. Most men are dissuaded at a very early age to tap into their their feminine energy, that energy of creation and artistry and a lot of uh, manifestation actually comes from that feminine energy. And the other piece of feminine energy is intuition. So when you have that expression, trust your gut and mm-hmm. that inner knowing of what's right for you and what to do next, that's your feminine energy on the inside. So women in the U.S. as well have not been taught to, in general, to trust their feminine energy. So they're not taught to just be and create and allow things to happen and to surrender. Um, if you believe in God or a divine source, partnering with that energy as well to guide you and not be the person in control all the time in all aspects of your life. You know, be a partner with the source that's outside of you and the energy that's outside of you. And so for masturbation, both for men and women, a lot of people are taught, you know, just have that release, just get that stress release. Instead of tapping into the feminine side, and the pleasure and the ecstasy and the enjoyment and the release, you know, kind of wrap it all together in a package. Right. I was like, I like to think that the chemical you re- you release, you receive at the end of masturbation is just like icing on the cake, so to speak. The whole, I guess, the f- embracing the feminine energy and the journey it takes to swell your arousal and bring it down. Um, that's, that's the pleasure part. And it, t- it does take a creative mind. I feel like to, to handle that. I feel like so often people, like I said, um, or at least the men that, uh, that I know, or 
I kind of talked to uh, the quote unquote machismo, machismo man. Um, they're like, they just swell. And once they get to like 10, they're like, you know, like Explosion. exactly. And then like, Oh, like the thing it's done. Now it's time to move on. And I was like, I was like, your part, I mean, well, your partner could also be a, uh, be a or, but most times I was like, it's not just one sided. I was like, that's, that's, I guess, kind of okay when you're by yourself, but when you're with a partner, you want to make sure that you're not reaching 10 before they even get past three. Yes. <laughs> because that's, that, that's a surefire way to be a one and done champ. Uh, make sure you did a thing, but you'll never, you'll never do that thing again. You know? Yes. Unless, you know, there's some extenuating circumstances and some apologies involved in <laughs> like, you know that I'm not saying it's a it's always a deal breaker, but it's high on the list of deal breaking That's for true. a lot of people. Yeah. And the other piece of this is men and women, some knowledge and some training, can experience full body orgasms. Yes. And if you don't take the time and you don't experience the pleasure and work on your breathing. It's never going to happen for you. It's I 100% agree. That's uh, one of the reasons I started. We started having the health as wealth segment on the show, guys. Is like I said, everything's connected. So if you're experiencing physical limitations, maybe there's something in your exercise plan or your diet or just your natural respiration that is causing you not to be able to perform as you wish. So the guests that we have on are, are here for that very reason. We're here to help you reach that level of gourmet sex, as I like to call it, you know, because in college, I feel like all I had was basic TV dinners, you know, wham, bam, three and a half minutes later, we're done. We're good. It's set. Am I proud of being a minute man at times? No. You know, as you mature and get older, you're like, you know what? I, I can't do TV dinners. No more ramen noodles. Let's actually, let's cook something up, something delicious. Let's take a quick break. When we come back with Sue, I want to stay in this pocket of pleasure. And we're going to talk about enhancing, uh, enhancing it. Guys, we are back with my new official, unofficial bestie, Sue. Um, uh, I don't know if she's going to accept this title, but I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, sorry to other, my, all of my other besties out there, but I think we're going to have to make room at the table for one more. Um, and we are enjoying sex talk. It's a little different than the last time we did this, but I think it's still informative and fun for you guys. So let's keep it up. Uh, speaking of keeping it up, um, we're talking pleasure. So you were kind of, we were kind of talking about this over the break, um, just how about testosterone inside men and how that affects their performance. Uh, do you kind of want to go back into that a little bit? Yeah. So just to clarify, it's not just men. Women have testosterone, testosterone as well. It's it's a factor, yes. especially with sex and sex drive. So here's the deal: is biologically we have a web of hormones. So if one is high, something else is going to be low. And if one is robbing some source and producing a lot, something else is going to be not so much. And what happens in our culture is we are stressed out. Our bodies produce so much adrenaline and cortisol and all these other stress hormones that we're actually doing a disservice to our sex hormones because they all come from the same source of chemicals. So if you have one pot that produces sex hormones and one pot that the same pot produces all your stress hormones, if the stress hormones go up, the sex hormones have to go down. That's just the nature of how our bodies work. So the more stressed out you are, the less sex hormones you have. So therefore, your testosterone goes down. Not something that most of us want. I know I don't want that either. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? You deal with your stress and have stress management. And our culture is set up for our 
basic bodies to just be out of bounds with stress. So take those down times. You have to rest and restore and be all in on it. Don't feel guilty that you're not doing something else. And just really go all in on whatever that is that you do for rest and restoration. And that's a huge one. And the other one is cut out anything you can that causes you stress. People in your life that you don't have to deal with or don't have to deal with as much, let them slide. Don't keep them in your life if you don't have to. And if you do have to, try to minimize your interaction with them. Are there things you do in your daily life that stress you out that you don't have to do? Stop. Let somebody else do it. Ask for help. Trade things with people if you if you can. You know, be creative and just identify what your stressors are. See if you can cut them out. See if you can reduce them. Or if you can just manage it so it's not quite as frequent or quite as often. And schedule in rest and restoration and make that a priority and be all in when that's going on. Then the other piece of this is meditation and it can be meditation in motion. So for me, it's lifting weights. You know, if, if you're pulling three, 400 pounds off the floor, you have to be all in because if you're not, it doesn't happen. That's right. Or you're going to mangle your body. Well, that too. If you're squatting or something like that. If yeah. you're deadlifting, the bar just either doesn't go up or just goes down too quick. Yeah. But, um, and yes, you could injure yourself with that. I will say that as well. It's not as likely as when you're squatting or you're benching at, you know, your physical safety is involved throughout the entire process um, of the bar movement. But yeah, there are many different ways that you can have meditation, be in the moment, be all in and connected from classical meditation, um, which also includes walking meditations that I often recommend to people who, like me, don't love sitting and meditating. Like, that's not my jam. Yeah. And experiment. And that's so, I love that you brought that up because there are so many different ways to to meditate. Um, one of my favorite forms of meditation is in the morning, uh, in the shower. Um, I just let the cold water like submerge or if I'm in the bath, just like I just go under and I just stop, you know. I focus on my breathing or I just release every bit of anxiety I have and just let it go. Because I was like, I love to start the day with a clean state. I don't want to drag all my worries from last night or load up on things that haven't even happened out on for the day. So I think that's a very important one that people really tune in and tap into. And that reminds me of an amazing practice that you can do is really take a deep breath. Tune into your body. If you can't, feel the bottom of your feet because that will bring you and center you and ground you naturally if you can truly feel the bottom of your feet. If you're in socks, if you're in shoes or wherever they are. And think of three things that you are truly grateful for. They can be simple in nature, meaning I love my home. Mm -hmm. I truly and deeply love the home that I live in, the fact that I live at the beach, and that I have really nice hardwood floors that are beautiful and original woodwork of a 120-year-old building. Like, I love my home. It's yeah. spacious. It's wonderful. And I feel into that. And I feel that love. And then I move on to my second thing. Whatever it is that morning that comes to mind. Could be a person in my life. Could be opportunities that I have. Whatever it is. And just truly feel it and if you do that twice a day beginning of the day end of the day and feel it physically in your body that will change your life i challenge you to do this for 30 days in a row 
it will change your actual neurology. You know, and like I said, uh, no habit is formed overnight. So like you said, the 30-day challenge is always – it lets you set a goal that's attainable without putting too much pressure on yourself. Um, because so often when we set too strict standards for our health or just anything like we, when we become too masculine in our energy and become goal-oriented again, um, when we don't meet those goals, we become detrimental to ourselves. Um, we start to adopt that failure mentality and it just drives us into a spiral. So, um, like I said, just knowing, like giving yourself the grace that like I said, you try to do this. And even if it's not the same time every day, just when you notice that you are, or, or starting out, what helped me is when I noticed I was starting to get a little anxious or I was getting back into that because once you start doing these little exercises, you'll feel lighter, you'll feel better. Once you start to feel that weight come back on you of pressure and negativity, if you just take that moment and do whatever form of meditation helps you, whether you're at work, school, home, you know, just take 10, just take five, you know, um, recenter and then go back about your day. It makes, like she said, it, it will change your life. It makes such a difference. So one tip on that that somebody told me when they explained this whole practice to me was put two alarms in your phone at two different times of the day. Could be with your meal breaks if you're at work. Could be right before you get in your car to drive somewhere. You know, whatever it is. And put them on daily. And they pop up and they say gratitude. And it's something easy that you can do at work that nobody knows you're doing. You can say it out loud. You don't have to. Um, and if you have it in your phone as a reminder and an alarm, then that will remind you to do this. The other thing is really thinking about things as a whole realm of possibilities instead of black and white or perfection so that if you miss a day or if one day you do one of some new habit you haven't failed you yeah. have an opportunity to change things and to restart um instead of black and white i didn't hit my goal it's well what's the evaluation why did that happen yesterday and do I want to allow that to happen again? Yes or no? And if it's no, then how do I change things so that that situation is less likely to present itself again? Sue, I just have a couple more questions for you before um, before I, I let you go. Um, one, why do you think that some people have more trouble enhancing or attaining pleasure, um, either alone or with a partner than like other people? So a lot of it has to do with subconscious beliefs that are hidden in your brain that trip you up that you don't even know are there. And just trying to help people and figure out how to, how to get people to think about that. So oftentimes if, you're, if you just journal and free write and let things flow out of you, not and or if you're more comfortable doing this, speak into your memo recorder on your phone or voice recorder and just say, pleasure means to me, and then spit something else out. Pleasure means to me. Pleasure means to me. And just keep doing that until you seriously cannot possibly come up with anything else and, and nothing else is coming out. So a lot of people, pleasure is a waste of time. Pleasure isn't important. Pleasure is not for men. Pleasure is for kids. Pleasure, you know, whatever. Pleasure is awesome. Pleasure is amazing. Pleasure is for other people. Pleasure, and just look at what came out of you. Those aren't things you created. Those are things that are installed in your brain. And then look at them 
and ask yourself, are these things true? And are they true for me? Especially the ones that are the negative ones yeah. or the perceived negative ones. And then if turn them around, what's the opposite of this? And is the opposite actually true? And these, if you're into it, could become uh, statements that you say uh, to yourself for inspiration and to retrain your brain. Uh, there are some methods that I have personally that I work with my clients with uh, to change their subconscious beliefs. Uh, it's faster and easier to have a professional help you yeah. uh, to retrain your brain and to uh, gain some clarity in your mental strength. But this practice does work as well. It just takes a little longer than the, the momentary click that I can uh, help my, my clients with. And it, it will change your life. And you can do this for other things as well. Um, and any limitations that you perceive, you can figure out what's that beginning part and just free write, just let things fly through your brain or write them down or speak them and then listen back to them and see what actually is, see what's living in there. And do you want to give it space or not? Cause it's, it's, it's not paying rent. Yeah. Like I said, not everything should live rent free in your mind. And then the next thing I wanted to ask you is we know that you are a world record holding power lifter. What are some of the benefits you've discovered along your like strength and like physical training journey? Yeah. So strength training, uh, builds your health, everybody's health, including my own in the process. I truly believe that everybody should do some element of strength training on a regular basis. And that includes body weight training. Um, I do not believe that everybody is meant to be lifting weights all the time in their life. Um, but some aspect of strength training is appropriate for everyone. And the benefits, some of it is consistency and keeping promises with oneself and myself and that commitment to training and the commitment to my health and my physical body. Uh, it also raises testosterone. So that's never a bad thing for me in my mind. For me, it's also been an avenue to completely overhaul my perspective of myself. I mean, I touched a barbell for the first time at 37 and became a midlife accidental athlete after thinking of myself as a klutzy person and never perceived myself as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been completely identity shifting for me. And the same thing, I've built up habits to be successful in the gym and in competition. I use those habits uh, in my business and in other areas of my life and also teach my clients how to implement them in their life. So like sex that can be used for transformation in the other areas of your life, you can also use physical practices as an athlete or um, other, maybe instead of being an athlete in training, it's more someone who is in the habit of movement and has a commitment to themselves, those commitments translate into other areas of your life and putting yourself first in certain ways to take care of yourself. Like I said, Sue, I just want to say like, thank you again. Um, so much of what we've talked about today has just also like reiterated the fact that I'm not alone in my beliefs um, because like we've, we've both had some of the same thought processes and it also recommitted me to taking the time and breathing to get reacquainted with my body. Um, because like I said, if, if we're not taking the time to take a break in our personal lives, we're probably not taking a break in our professional lives and 
or we're probably not taking a break sexually as well. And sometimes like you need a break, you know, you can't go, go, go because there is a limit to how much, uh, especially uh, in, in the male body, like you would want to use your instrument, so to speak. Um, so like I said, just taking a break is um, something we have to remember to do. Um, before we let you go, I got to hit you with the quickie questions. It's five questions that we ask every guest. Um, they're about sex relationships and how we interact with others or how we would like to interact with others. Um, they get a little progressively harder as we go along, make you think a little more, but I think you can handle it based on our conversation today. I'm excited. All Bring right. it on. Um, first question. Well, I mean, I think we kind of talked about this, but I didn't hear it officially. Are you an active or retired bachelorette? Active. That's right. Um, what's a big turn on for you, Sue? Someone who is very intellectual and spiritually connected. Mm. What would be a turn off for you? Someone who's all about themselves. You know, if I were a man of numbers and I took stats down of like how often my guests say that, I think it'd be damn near 100%. Like that's everybody's like go-to turn off. Narcissism is, it's hard to deal with. And it gets to be a, it gets to be a bit much at times. It's not like I'm saying that from experience or anything, but um, <laughs> no. Um, if you could go back in time and tell teenage Sue something about sex or relationships or both, what would that be? So I would say after my first sexual experiences, talk to the doctor, find out what's going on and see what other options you have and not just give in and become powerless. So that if there are situations where, that aren't going as expected, don't give your power away. What's one thing that you think you can improve on as a partner still? For me, I definitely, maybe for the rest of my life, will be improving on two areas. So one is boundary setting okay. of what's in, what's out, and communicating that. And then part of that is also communicating what I truly desire in the moment and speaking it. That's, um, you guys remember when we had Melissa on, she talked about that, um, how some people struggle to tell people what they need, um, which is bad, which is one benefit to my slightly narcissistic personality is I have no problem communicating what I need in this moment from you or myself or anybody else. Um, I will say that does tend to be more of a male trait in our society that men tend to have been raised to ha express their needs and not feel guilty for having them. And women are on the flip side of that, that they are not raised to identify their needs. And when they do, are often uh, shamed or made to feel guilty for having needs. Um, I 100% so, agree. You know, it's just, we that, all have our things that we strive to, to work on and improve. Yeah. And that's why I love the fact that not everybody knows this, so it's it's another reason I love the show and everybody who tunes in is I'm trying to ring the bell and let people know, hey, we're in the boom of a sexual enlightenment right now, people. So wake up, take the lube, take whatever you need to get in the zone and um, rub one out. Find a partner and embrace them as well. Like just experience, like grow. Um, let's not live in this old archaic stereotype that um, sex is only meant for one purpose and that's to reproduce. It's not. Um, and I just want to follow that up with completely perfect setup. 
that I am so happy to be here and to meet you. And I want to give a gift to all of your listeners and everybody in your community. We love free stuff. If you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. Yeah. And so I have a, a four-step formula to help people get mind-blowing sex. And the first step is clarity. Because if you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. You're never going to feel like you accomplished something. And I want to give away to everybody here a free mind-blowing sex clarity session. And in it, you find out exactly what you're seeking if you're not sure. And if it makes sense for us to work together, I will tell you and I will offer you something and invite you to work with me. And if working with me is not the best next step, trust me, I will know and will guide you to some resources that are the best next step for you. So you can, what I'm going to do is offer you this for free and we'll link this particular link into the show notes. And in addition, it's super simple. So it's the website. It's about dot me slash coach sue so one more time it's about dot me slash coach sue and on there you'll see my picture and you can click on the link that says book a session and book a free mind-blowing sex clarity session and if you want to stay in touch with me i'm on socials. So I'm on Instagram as Sue Priver. Last name, it's spelled P as in Peter, R-I, V as in Victor, E-R. It's just one thing all together. And on Facebook, I'm Sue Priver Coach. So if you look that up, you can find me there. So once again, I'm Sue, which is S-U-E, and Priver, which is P as in Peter, R-I, V as in Victor, E-R. All right, and guys, Sue's going to send us off with one more bit of information before we leave, because that was only four questions, so I'm going to hit you with five, because I feel like you like this question as much as I like this question. Sue, what do you think makes good sex? I am super tactile and very into energy and just feeling somebody else's vibe. So I am all about massage and making out and hours and hours of just being with someone and just sensual and connected and really making that other person know that you're all in and completely present for him. Well, Sue, like I said, I just want to say I agree with that. I want to say thank you. I know some people are preparing to go camping because tents are being pitched. Um, (laughs) Guys, that's all we got for you today. I will see you not next Thursday, but in two weeks for another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. And remember, go have some mind-blowing sex. And if you need some help, check in with Sue.